Apple presents Meet the Musician at the Apple Store. Ladies and gentlemen, at this point, I'd like to welcome to the stage this evening's guest moderator, Ashley Khan, and tonight's guest, Robbie Coltrane. Thank you. And thank you, Matt. I'm Ashley Khan. I'm a jazz author, jazz educator, and very fortunate to be chosen to be the guy hosting the event tonight. I want to thank you all for coming. And please welcome our guest, Ravi Coltrane. <laughs> they, just, they just did that already. I still appreciate it. Thank you. And, and one of the reasons we're here, of course, is to talk about uh, Ravi's most recent activities, including the release of a great new album, his first on Blue Note, on the Blue Note label, Spirit Fiction. And uh, we have the cover right here. Hi, Riz. Yeah. And um, it's been out for a little while now, about four months, right? The album? Uh, record came out June 19th. Okay. How's the summer been for you? Uh, it's been wild. You know, it's really been uh, uh, unexpected, honestly. You know? in, in, in what we'll ways? Just leave it <laughs> you know, um, I, I think I just had, uh, oh, hello. I just had, um, I, I had no, uh, I think I had a different expectation about how this record would, would, would go over, if you will. Um, you know, it's such a personal thing to document uh, your own music, your own compositions, and, and, and trying to, uh, you know, form bands and form uh, collectives and, and try to have some, something to say with your work. Um, it's not always that easy. It's never been easy for me. I've never, most of my records, I finish them and, and feel like there's something missing, something lacking. Um, you know, not in a negative way, uh, but in, in, in this way that we're always kind of looking for something, you know, that's a little more, uh, more us and more authentic, more the, the real thing. And sometimes you, you get a portion of that or just a little bit of that into your work, you know. Uh, I know what you, you know what I'm talking about. You know? Very much so. <laughs> Very much. You know, I, I was happy with a, a good part of the record. There were some things on the record that I felt, well, okay, that's, that's how it goes. So I, 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 I didn't really know how uh, the record would be received. And, um, you know, um, but, it, you know, it, was, it, it worked out, I suppose. You know? I think one, one of the uh, most important things about uh, spirit fiction that everybody should realize is that it really is a snapshot of a pivotal point in Ravi's career. Um, especially in the way that there's not one band, but two different groups represented on the, ba on the, on the album itself. And we're going to... Yep, whoop, there we go. And this is a collage of photos, obviously, that actually comes from the interior booklet, from the CD. And if you look at the uh, uh, images that are in the extreme upper left and extreme upper right, those are the two different ensembles that are represented on this album. And 2012 really is this incredibly changed-filled year for you as far as your search for, you know, finding a new group, the group that you've been with since 2003, the quartet with Drew Gress and Luis Perdomo and E.J. E. Strickland. Strickland, you know, is... Um, something that you're now changing from? Well, um, you know, that group, 
you know, having uh, any any uh, any band for any uh, stretch of time is uh, is a it's a joy, really. It's a great great benefit to work with um, uh, the same players year after year because you 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 get to a, another type of closeness, another type of way of communicating with with each other, and that really starts to affect the music. Um, but for all the highs, all the the strengths of of working band, there are some associated weaknesses, and um, you know, it, it was time for me to, uh, you know, to try some other things. You know, to try some other things. I I, I love all those guys, and 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 we're uh, we're not disband. It's not like we won't ever play again together. But I think that I had uh, that was my comfort zone. That group. You know, I could get on the stage with these uh, gentlemen and know, you know, we we all had a sense of where we could go and and uh, and how we could get there, musically speaking. You know, as improvisers. Um, uh, but at some point, yeah, you, you, as soon as you start opening up and, 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 and taking in more and, and uh, having your perception stoked by other elements, you know, you, you, that starts to, to bring you more ideas. Uh, so um, this record kind of uh, is right on, I guess, the cusp of that, you know. Um, I did a few sessions with the quartet and, uh, and felt like I wanted to do some more recording. and. Uh, the Quintet is a group of musicians uh, collectively I've known for decades, and it's the same band that uh, I used on my second recording that came out in 2000, a record called From the Round Box. Um, so it, it felt organic to kind of uh, blend these two units, these, these two groups of uh, uh, musicians. I also noticed Joe Lovano up there, and I know he played yeah, an ex extremely important role. Well, uh, in addition to the role that all the great folks at, uh, at Blue Note, you know, uh, of course, Bruce Lundvall is, uh, <laughs> have to give many uh, thanks and shout outs to Bruce. Um, but Joe, yeah, Joe is a, a guy that I've known uh, since uh, the, about the late 80s, a guy that I've, I've been following and uh, a, a great admirer of, of him, his music, his whole energy, his vibe, uh, all of this time. You know, I studied a little bit with Joe, you know, early 90s. I would go to his crib, he'd get on drums, I'd play saxophone, and he'd say, okay, think about the beat this way or try it this way. You know, Joe is uh, just a master in, 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 uh, in so many areas of, of music, music making. Uh, uh, his ability, to, you know, what he does in the studio is, uh, um, is, is as powerful as what he does with the instrument, you know, uh, the way he can sort of corral ideas together and and really try to read the energy of the players and 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 find out what uh, you know which things would be best suited for that moment you know uh it was a real real uh joy to, to work with him in that context you know i've been working with him for the last couple of years uh in a group called sax summit uh and have been in the studio with with that band a few times and just you know th these guys have a, another way of getting that music onto tape you know they're they're it's a another type of uh, focus, you know, and, uh, and Joe, yeah, he brought a lot of that to this, uh, this recording. So he's, he's credited as co-producer of the album. Um, one other thing that uh, I think is worth mentioning too is the fact that um, uh, the band, the quintet that is on half of the album. The, you should mention some of these people's. Yeah, we uh, should point it out. That's E.J. Strickland. 
next to him is Louis Perdomo. That's Jerry Allen in the middle. With the trumpet, that's Ralph Alessi. With the bass, that's James Genus. There's some guy with a hat on the end there. <laughs> that's Eric Harlan with the drumstick to his ear. The next to him is Drew Gress and the one and only Joe Lovano. There was this great gig at, um, at Zinc Bar. Uh, that was the uh, sort of uh, the the second of these groups Rehearsal. getting. <laughs> well, it was it, it it felt like a gig. It felt like you guys were just loose and enjoying yourselves. And it, it yeah. was the day before you actually went in to record, right? It was a, a couple of days before we recorded. And it was the only time that we could all get together as a band before the record date and. We had the option of doing a traditional rehearsal or just doing a gig. So I thought it would be fun just to do the gig. Um, you know, we all arrived. I sent the music out in advance, but again, sometimes people don't have <laughs> opportunities to, to check things out fully. We're literally looking at things for the first time on the stage, you know. Uh, the music wasn't so complex that, you know, you would not be able to pull off something like that. Um, you know, I, I found it very, uh, um, uh, I found it kind of liberating in some ways, but very exciting in some ways, uh, in, in the way that we just sort of naturally kind of gravitated to this sort of common ground, you know what I mean? Um, if you have a moment to say, well, the, the, the groove goes like this, or, or sometimes you can play this on the bridge, but when you get here, it's more like this, or yeah, don't play chords. You know, when you have all that time to kind of predetermine the music, you know, uh, and a lot of times you have to do that. Um, uh, but again, you know, you're, you'll, get, you'll get something very specific, but it's your own thing. You know, when you can kind of just generally say, it goes, it's, it's like a medium tempo, and, and let's just see what happens. You know, people begin to kind of gravitate uh, to this kind of center, you know, uh, and you get a really, a much stronger collective uh, response, you know, that way in the moment. Uh, and, uh, and I thought that would be great to try to get some of that onto the record. So um, tell us about the, the shift from the quartet to the, uh, to the quintet and, and you know, where, where that took you musically on this album. Because that really is uh, you know, a whole other flavor that you get on the other tracks. Well, um, again, the, a, a band that's together for about 10 years, you know, a lot of that music, we, a lot of those tracks are a lot of the improvised tracks on the, on the, on the record. Um, where we would just sort of discuss some ideas and, and see what we could do together uh, as a part of an improvisation. The quintet uh, was a little bit more traditional, you know, playing tunes. We played a lot of Ralph Alessi's uh, compositions during that session. Ralph is uh, a great trumpeter, great comp uh, I was going to say com compositor. That's not a great composer, <clears throat> compositioner. Um, and I've known Ralph since 1986. We studied together at the California Institute of the Arts. Um, and I've been playing with Ralph since all of that time. So, um, you know, and you know, that band is this uh, great, great band of musicians. And again, it was really like kind of being thrown into the mix very quickly and, and just kind of seeing what happens. You know, so the, the energy from those sessions is a little bit, a little bit looser, you know. Uh, and, uh, you know, I thought, I thought the blend of the two, you know, would be nice, you know. Can I get a show of hands? Did anybody catch the Village Vanguard show most recently with, with Ravi's, um, with, with this quartet? Greg Hutchinson on drums and uh, Bob Hurst, of course, on bass. David Varel 
on piano? Varellas. Varellas. I almost wore the same shirt tonight. It's a good thing. <laughs> we could have played with the color a little and made sure that it was uh, at least looking different. This is up close and personal. This is on that yeah. little couch right behind yeah. the drum kit. This run for Ravi was incredible. And I hope that you will share with us how, how it felt from the bandstand. Because sitting there, listening to the music with this quartet set up, was like, it took, took your music to a whole nother level. There was a comfort and the ease in, the, in your playing and whatnot that I thought was um, like you had turned a corner. Uh, thank you, I appreciate that. Um, do you know, I, I, I feel a great privilege. I feel a great privilege to be able to, uh, to play music, you know? Uh, to be able to play in this room, in particular, the Village Vanguard, to be on that stage, you, you, you feel a lift, you know, you feel um, something that, that you, uh, you embrace, you go with it, and, uh, um, you know, I, I had, a, uh, had a really uh, interesting year, you know, this year where I, you know, our, the band that I played with for 10 years basically is on this hiatus, uh, and suddenly I'm, I'm playing with a different drummer every gig and different basses every gig, <laughs> you know. I think I played with eight, seven or eight different drummers this year, you know. Uh, from Greg Hutchinson to Kareem Riggins to Nate Smith. You know, EJ made some gigs with me. Jerry Gibbs made some gigs with me. You know? uh, I played with five or six bass players. At, you know, Eric. Four. <laughs> Eric Harlan. Yeah, Eric he's, Harlan. On the, he's on the recording. You know? Um, you know, it was, I think, just having... You know, I spent a lot of time as a sideman uh, throughout the 90s, and I always valued... Um, that I still value sidemen work um, because it gives you this opportunity to, you know, to learn, you know, to borrow things, to steal things, <laughs> you know, to take the things that you know that you can use in your own work, your own music, your own uh, direction as a as a as a leader. Um, so there was some there was some you know again I spent the past ten years exclusively playing you know as if I was leading a gig it was usually these three people <laughs> Drew Lewis. EJ, you know, and 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 these are some of the greatest musicians. I made a bunch of gigs with EJ this year, Andrew as well, you know, and uh, they're some of the greatest musicians here in New York, you know. So it's it's less about the the one individual, but and more about this sort of collective thing. This more about draw, uh, gaining uh, uh, insight from you know the the, the folks around you, uh, and this whole year was kind of. That was really what it was about for me this year, um, and you know, totally out of your comfort zone. You could get on a bandstand before and not even know what you're going to do, and still pull off a, hopefully, a, a decent show. <laughs> you know, when you have, uh, uh, when you're playing with players, you're you're playing with literally for the first time. You 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 know, like you, you it's another, uh, it's another mode entirely. Uh, so I, you know, spending that year within that mode, you know, it 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 stretched me a little bit. It. It, uh, you know, it, 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 it built me up in some ways. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going out in a couple of weeks with a, uh, another band that was going to be a brand new pairing of uh, uh, players, you know. Uh, Is that under your name as leader? Yeah, I'm doing a tour uh, in Europe uh, next month with uh, David Varalis, but Desiron Douglas will be playing bass, and uh, Jonathan Blake is going to be playing drums, you know. Um, 
so again, each in each each moment, you know, in the beginning, it was it was tricky for me. I, I, every gig, I felt like let me just call my old band back and get that happening again. Um, but eventually, it became something that I that became kind of energizing for me, you know. Uh, so I'm gonna continue that for a while. It's been an exciting journey, and I've seen many of these shows along the way this this year with Ravi, and to catch a musician of Ravi's caliber and his uh, intrepidness, if there's such a word. Um, I hope so. You know, his musical curiosity, let's put it that way, and and where he's going right now, I think it's just a very exciting time. So I urge all of you to catch as many shows as you can with Ravi as he propels himself forward. Um, do you have any inkling as to when the next uh, recording project is going to begin for you? I'm hoping I can record uh, in the spring of next year, and I'm just trying to come up with ideas and write some music now for them. That's great. We look forward to it. Guys, it's an intimate little setting we have here. I'd love to open it up and make it much more of a discussion and hear from you guys. If you have any questions or comments for Ravi, um, why don't we start with that, Matt? I have a microphone right here, so if you have anything, just raise your hand. I'll come on over. Hi. I was just curious um, if you listen... Have, or if you've heard of Robert Glasper, and he does a lot of experimental jazz, and obviously your nephew has Flying Lotus, you've listened to his stuff and hear his influences coming from jazz, but how you feel about, you know, really what Robert Glasper's Black Radio album was doing, and a lot of mixes that came out of that. Robert, I've known for as long as he's been in New York. I knew him before he came to New York. Um, he was an incredible young jazz piano player when he first got here. Now he's expanded to, you know, obviously, uh, uh, you know, uh, incorporate everything that he feels as an artist, you know. Um, that's what we're all supposed to do. You know, we're called jazz musicians, but we're just musicians, you know. And, you know, you, you take all of the music that you love from any genre, any era, that all of that is kind of, Secondary, and and you you try to uh, channel it. You know, you try to really you know uh, personalize it in a way that you feel like represents you. You know, and I think Robert is he's he's embracing that now. He's reaching this point where it's not just about playing jazz on a piano, but but uh, using that as the 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 as the you know a starting place. You know, to to embrace some other things. You know, Andy's on Blue Note. He's another Blue Note artist. I had to say that because Saul Shapiro is still in the room here. But uh, not really. Uh, the, the other thing is that there is a Blue Note family vibe. And I think that's a very important thing. And Robert Glasper, the fact that he appears on so many albums by other artists, uh, he's really become part of that family, part of the structure that's out there. And um, Blue Note, of course, in this weird time that we're going through where the music business is collapsing and sort of imploding and there's so few labels surviving. Blue Note is one of the most incredible labels to be on, I think, for any jazz artist. And so it all works together, you know. Thanks for mentioning him. He's a great artist. And he does, I mean, live, he's just incredible, you know. Yeah, the last time I saw... Um it's just the experiment, Robert Glasper experiment. The last time I saw them, um, 
you know, I felt like I was hearing some, you know, I don't want to say hearing something new, but yeah, I can, you can, why not say that, you know what I mean? Whether it's new or not, it's, that's, can be subjective in a lot of ways. Uh, but the way he was blending things and, and the, the period he exists in this time, again, it, it would be hard for the same caliber musicians to do the same thing, you know, two generations ago, a generation ago. You know, now they're, you know, they're a product of, of this great time that we live in and they're able to access, you know, decades worth of, you know, very, very uh, uh, influential music, you know, and put it together today in a way that, you know, again, the same level of players wouldn't have been able to do maybe even 10 years ago. Um, so uh, it's, it's nice to witness these things while they're happening, you know. You know, music being played on a very high level, yet, you know, the, the things, things gravitating toward each other for the first time. And, and uh, it's nice to see when that happens, you know. Chris Dave, Pino Palladino, and Robert Glasper playing in a sentimental mood with this amazing funk bottom to it at the Red Rooster. That's all I'll say. That's the last time I saw him, and it just blew my mind. Is that coming out on Blue Note anytime? I, I wish. I w it was one of those moments that still, it's in the air reverberating somewhere. Live record. Here. I can smell live record here. It was a moment. It was a moment. Incredible Ellington melody over like a very, like uh, a funk groove that was like so yesterday, you know, that fresh. We have uh, just about enough time for two more questions. And, oh, I see one all the way on the end. Thank you. Ravi, you spoke repeatedly. Hi. <laughs> Brandy said hi. You spoke repeatedly about the process of letting go of one band and gathering the second and you said there were times when you wanted to go running back to the one you knew so well and were comfortable <laughs> with. Can you, are, I mean, it's I a, mu it's a, great guys. It's a musical process, of course, and I don't want to assume what it was like for you. Can you articulate what it is like to then be surrounded by different musicians with whom you're improvising and creating music? the ones who aren't as familiar to you? What happens in your head? What happens in your playing? Um, for me, you know, being a band leader, it's like you, you want musicians around you that, you know, think about music and hear music and react to music and maybe in a similar way, whatever that means, you know. Um, you know, have s similar tastes and similar goals as, as improvisers. Uh, sometimes that, you know, that takes a moment for that to to become truly unspoken and, and, and really, uh, uh, you know, the, I, any new band is, is, can be very, very strong, but that same group after time can, can move to another way of communicating together. You know, um, you know for me, that was a, a beautiful thing because the quartet could, I felt we could really do a lot of things. Um, uh, it just became harder for me to, uh, uh, um, to break outside of our comfort zones, you know? It was harder for me to, uh, uh, um, you know, to kind of, uh, to insist on th things, you know? It's like, okay, I brought this new tune in, it's not really working, let's just play this older stuff that we know that we can do, you know? Um, you know, uh, it, in having a new, uh, when you're with a new set of players, uh, you know, there's, you don't have that kind of completed structure already, that form, you know, you can easily go from, you know, move 
different things in. You know, um, you know, I, I, I don't want to make this about the players because it's not. It's really about how we function together, you know. Um, and again, once you establish sort of an identity with a, a set of players, it's hard to, to, you know, to let that go. It's hard to, to uh, um, you know, um, you know, for again, lots of benefits playing uh, w with a group like that, but but uh, but other benefits, you know, as well. You know, when you're when you're when you're faced to kind of embrace the unknown a little bit, you know. I don't know if that was an answer or not, but uh, I have to work on that one. Can you the, take two the, on that the, one? Can we roll the tape back, please? Yeah, but Joan, you were at the uh, Vanguard. The collective spirit of that group, it was, you know. Oh. Well, that's cool. You know, uh, again, uh, again, I don't, I don't want to make this about one player versus another, or one band versus another. It's really about what we we do together, what we do collectively, and and. Uh, I'm fascinated how some musicians influence and alter the playing of the others in the group, and it isn't confined to one musician versus another. It is a collective of certain people at a certain time. I mean, when you were at the Blue Note, it was a great group as well, but it was a totally different sound at the Vanguard. And how did it change you? There was the, you know, like, I heard him here, I heard him there. They weren't the same. How did the group change you? And I don't think it's distinctive better read to that you. Man or <laughs> you know, the, yeah, music is is fragile. It's it's beautiful. It's very delicate. You know, it it can be. Uh, this thing that you feel is right there, and then it's it's not there anymore, you know. Um, and it can be like that from night to night. You can have a great night one night, and the next night it can be totally different, you know. Um, I I love that about the music that we make. I love that 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 is a a, a component of it, you know, that it is going to be new uh, each night. Uh, sometimes <laughs> maybe it doesn't go in the directions that you want it to, but but there's the the, the pursuit of, of those great moments, being in pursuit of those real moments when the, the music comes together. You know, that's always the thing that uh, helps us to continue. Um, yeah, again, I, I loved playing with this group. I, I love playing with my old group, you know. Um, you get different things from, from different players. They, they hear you in, in, in different ways and react in different ways. It gives you different ideas, you know. Um. I, th I think that it goes to the heart and soul of what's, uh, you know, what we call modern jazz, modern improvisatory music, and what we're really looking for and when we hear it and it hits us, it's that kind of magic, it's that kind of moments. I mean, Miles would talk about how he would be happy if he came home after being out all night playing or listening to music and he heard three new things, three new notes, three new ideas. That's all he wanted to hear from the whole night, you know? And if we hear new stuff that is really on the level of like, wow, I've never heard this player playing like this before, that's what I, I was there for like four straight nights at the Vanguard, you know, and you know hope it it. That's why I think it's a very special moment for Ravi. This this year is you know, is definitely a very special point because he's changing and it's evolving at such a rapid rate, and to to be witnessing this, and I'm sorry to put the spotlight on you that way, but uh, you know to talk about you right next to you. That no, way, I, I, I'm 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 thrilled. You know that I'm that I have people that I've known for 
you know, years and years and years who can, uh, you know, we, uh, they, their perspective on things is different than you know the, your your personal your your inner perspective. You know, so it's 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 nice to know that uh, the the music uh, can uh, affect people in ways. You know, but I you know I'm for me I'm. I'm just trying to do my thing. I feel like I'm I'm doing basically the same things that I've been doing uh, uh, since I've been here. I got to New York in around '91, and, and each year, each month, each you know gig, whatever, it's always like a part of this. Uh, it's a step, you know, a step towards something. Um, you know, so for as long as I can do this, that's what I want to do. I want to step towards something, and I don't want to ever say, okay, I'm. This is good. Let me just do this for a while. You know, maybe in a sense, having this band for ten years uh, was, uh, you know, you know, I'm 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 thrilled to be able to 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 go in 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 as many directions as I can go today. You know, uh, um, uh, I think initially, yeah, you do want to take smaller steps and kind of say, okay, this is working. Let me try to do this for a while, uh, and and build on that. You know. Uh, the, having that group for ten years was was like a sort of a, a building thing for me. You know, coming, uh, I had a, a, another group um, for about two or three years uh, with Andy Milne, Steve Haas, and Daryl Hall. That was really the first official band that I had. Uh, you know, and I immediately I, I loved the idea of doing this. You know, having these collectives. You know, um, and and I can see now that that yeah, you, we you have to kind of. Um, you know they have to they, well, have yeah, to build from the, build from the ground up a little bit more. Yeah. We have. I see one more question in the middle. Hello again. Um, Hello again. <laughs> so I've noticed most specifically for music in general, atmosphere really plays a role in how you experience it as a listener, but also as a musician. Um, I'm from Rhode Island, and I've been to the Newport Jazz Festival uh, a bunch of times, and it's always an amazing experience, but I find it to be very different than in a small, intimate setting, kind of like a dark jazz club, or how moods are set from atmosphere. I was wondering if you, A, have a preference, or feel like music deserves certain atmospheres, and or what you like and don't like. Uh, you know, where you, where you make your music, it's, yeah, it's definitely important, you know. Uh, um, you know the the things that are most important. Yes, I I feel like if we're if we're doing this, we we do it together. You know, I don't feel like there's a band and then there's an audience or a bunch of musicians who play and then a bunch of people who listen. Um, I always want to feel like we're doing this together. We're kind of all in the same space and we're essentially kind of experiencing the same thing. You know. <laughs> You know, from there's the listener's perspective, there's a player's perspective, but essentially it's the 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 one thing. You know, um, so you know any environment, any room that that really kind of feeds uh, feeds that. You know, uh, you know a, a small jazz club like the Village Vanguard. You know, it's you do feel like you're <laughs> in somebody's living room. Uh, you know, at, you know close proximity with with all of you know your closest uh, you know people. You know your your friends. Your you know. Uh, your neighbors, your loved ones, you know what I mean? You, do, you, you don't want it to feel like, you know, a separation from the musicians to the people who are actually listening to the music. Um, you know, on a bigger stage at a jazz festival, sometimes it's harder to get that energy, that atmosphere is very different, of course. 
Uh, yet at the same time, those gigs can be, you know, just as, uh, as compelling. They can be as much fun, you know. Uh, atmosphere is important, but, um, but you can, you know, you can kind of pick up on the energy of the people who are listening, you know, uh, and, and that, that, you know, that always helps the music, you know. That's a great question, I think, especially for Ravi, because Ravi always kicks o off his show by talking to the audience in a manner that is very unlike most jazz performances. It's, uh, I didn't know this, really. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you is actually, good, good you get a, how's everyone doing? How are we doing? And he wants a response. It's a little unorthodox, you know? it's a little. And, uh, and he'll start saying, you know, is everybody, and then he'll mention current events. <laughs> <laughs> and it's off from there. What show were you at at the Vanguard again? Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there's that rapport, that connection with the audience. And... Um, and I've seen Ravi in, in on big outdoor venues and in small clubs, and you know you always bring it. I again, I feel it's that we're all together. You know, small jazz club, a big giant jazz festival. I feel that we're all together. I always feel that way when I'm in the audience listening to music. I I, I feel, uh, and not and not because I'm a musician, you know, but I feel that this music is, you know, it's like. Um, uh, um, you know, I I kind of can't even. Uh, it's. It's like this, the inner feeling of it is so strong, it's hard to actually articulate what it, it is sometimes for me. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, again, very, very proud to be able to do this, you know, and, and to share this with, with, uh, with, with people is uh, a great honor, for sure. That's actually how it feels every time he hits the stage. So again, I urge you all to both check out the music as it, it is in recorded form. Ravi Coltrane's most recent album, Spirit Fiction, and Ravi Live as he continues this journey forward in this great music that we call jazz. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks to Ravi Coltrane. Thanks, everybody. Thank you.